Uh, I'm I'm here with my wife. So where? Hold on. Okay, everyone. I'm here with my wife, um, Norma. Norma plays in our campaign. Um, we've been kind of trying to do this for a while. So first things first, Norma, describe who you are and how you got started with D and D. While I set this up on TikTok. <laughs> Okay, so um, I am Steven's wife, and um, when I uh, when I got introduced to D and D, and when I became interested, are two totally separate timelines. So when I first got introduced to D and D, um, Steven, I obviously I heard it through Steven. Um, I'm sure he's told the story a million times, but we were in Virginia. He was on a deployment and we were able to go with him. And this was like peak pandemic. I think literally like two days after we got there, they announced it was a pandemic and um, like everything was shut down. And he started coming home and being like, hey, like these guys are playing this game. And honestly, my first initial thought when you told me that was, um, like, I thought everyone was just using that as an excuse to kind of like get together and drink and, like, party because, like, they were deployed. They didn't have family there or anything, so what else are they going to do? So I kind of thought it was just, like, an excuse to get together and hang out. And um, so you kind of just kept talking about it. And for, from my perspective, you know, I, I sat and watched you kind of do, I don't know what you want to call it, maybe a one-shot. Like once or twice, and I just didn't know what the hell was going on. I had no idea about this game. I didn't understand it. And um, for those of you that don't know, uh, something about Steven is that every once in a while, something will pique his interest, and he will become like super duper involved and like do his research and his homework and like need to know every little bit about this information and just become like totally consumed by 24 7. So that's what was kind of happening. And usually when that happens, it like phases out and you move on to like whatever next, you know, piques his interest. But with like D&D, um, it just wasn't going away. It was totally opposite and just like talking about it more and more. So at this point, I just kind of was like, okay, I'll be supportive. This is like a fun thing for you and your friends. And um, that was that. And about a year later, he started talking about Critical Role. And that is when I started to become a little bit interested because that's like our jam. Like we, we really like the same movies. We like the same shows. So when like he couldn't stop talking about critical role, I'm just like, what is going on? What is this? And you show me some like clips and stuff. And for me, it was literally like people not even sitting at like a normal table, just like talking. So I'm like, what is going on? So finally one night, like, I was like, you had it on, and I was like, oh, I can totally fall asleep to this show. That's awesome. I'll just fall asleep on the couch. And I wish I could remember exactly what episode it was, but it was the season when Avantika was there. Yep. and Campaign 2. Campaign 2. And I started watching and, like, kind of started asking questions. Like, oh, okay, well, what's going on with this? Who's Jester? Who's for? Like, who are these people? Are they together? And, like, I remember, like... I got up and you were like, oh, are you going to finish it tomorrow? And I'm like, no, because I hate to admit when he's right. So I'm like, no, I'm not going to finish this. And then we finished the whole campaign too. We finished all campaign too. Sometimes I got ahead of him. Sometimes he got ahead of me. 
But that was when I was like, oh, okay, like this game's fun. I really enjoyed watching it and kind of went from there. Yeah, so um, obviously those of you who know me or, or know role-playing degenerates, you know that I've been doing a lot of DMing. I've been very involved in the community. But my wife actually watched all of a Critical Role campaign, uh, campaign two, before even starting to play Dungeons & Dragons, which a lot of people are getting started that way. Um, so how do you explain Dungeons and Dragons to people who've never played? That's the question, right? That's like the main question because I always say this to you too, like you don't know D&D exists. You don't know this world exists until you're in the world. Mm -hmm. So like, I still have a hard time to explain to people that have no idea. So the main, the main thing that people tell me is like, oh, it's a board game. And I'm like, no, it's not a board game. The best way I can describe it is just role-playing and kind of making up the story as it goes and you have to roll for everything you do and advantages and disadvantages and you're going on all these quests and stuff so but that is the main question i feel like we're always trying to figure out how to explain DD to people yeah. who don't know DD. yeah it's rough it's a weird thing to explain because everyone always tells me and everybody on our podcast has the same they, they all have different origin stories for DD, but they always Usually, I usually hear the same line, is D&D, that's too nerdy for me. We always hear that on our podcasts. Um, everybody always talks about it being too nerdy. But how come when you start playing, it doesn't feel too nerdy? It's something that you have to, like, you don't get it until you play it. Yeah. Like, once you play, and then you're like, oh, okay. Like, I get why this is a thing. I get why everybody, like, loves this game and is obsessed with it. Like, you just you just have to kind of be in there and play first to understand it. I saw yeah. something funny, um, and it was about Nathan Fielder, how people don't know how to explain Nathan Fielder until they like watch Nathan Fielder, and that's kind of how I feel about D&D. <laughs> you have to like yeah. be in it and play it to understand it. Yeah, uh, for sure. It, it is one of those weird things that you, you hear when you listen about it, like you, someone explains a game, like that sounds dumb. And then when people play it, it's super fun. Um, so what has your experience been playing the game, and how is it different from other games? Well, it's not like any other game out there, that's for sure. Um, my experience so far has been really, really good. I, I'm lucky because I get a special, like, behind the, behind the scenes, you know, since you're a DM. So, like, before I even played, I would have him come to me and be like, oh, check out what I'm going to do with this group, and check out, like, this encounter and what we're going to do here and all this stuff. So I got like a really cool behind the scenes of like special quests and stuff. So that was really interesting. Um, but playing so far has been really, really fun. I'm in two campaigns right now and they are completely opposites from each other. Even my characters in both campaigns are complete opposite from each other, but that's what I wanted. Um, it's just a totally different vibe in each group, but it's really fun. And I think my characters, like, if my characters were swapped, I don't think it would work. <laughs> if Daylily was in, yeah, I don't think it would work. But I think they're perfect for each campaign. I think both of it are, is going really well. And I think it's really, really good so far. I think we got a good group. Two good groups. So what is it like being married to the DM? <laughs> um, like I said, um... It's really good because, though, the main thing I struggle with in D&D is creating a character. I am not a creative person at all. I, I really, really struggle with that. It takes me a really long time to find a character that I enjoy and that I want to play and, like, 
get into our details about or any backstory or anything. Um, so the good thing um, about being married to a DM is if I have questions or um, like something I want to do or like with my backstory, I mean, you're right there. You can literally just like, hey, what do you think of this? Hey, like, wouldn't this be cool if like she could do this in the future or in the past or whatever? So um, like with Mika, the only thing I had with Mika is just her name. And one other thing that I don't want to say because I don't know who else is listening, but I only had two things to go off of Mika. And um, that was it. That's what I started with with her. It was just her name. And then before we started the campaign, I was jumping in at like level six. So Steve and I literally just like sat down and it was like a three hour like, okay, just like tell me what I need to know. What am I supposed to do? Like go over stalls with me, go over the rules with me. Can I do this? Can I do that? So that's definitely a perk of of being married to a DM. <laughs> so what when we talk about critical role and why why it's so easy to get like excited about the game watching critical role, what is it about Matt Mercer and crew that make it so palatable for people who don't know what D&D is? Is it their energy? What is it? Yeah, I think it's everything. And I always joke about with about this with you whenever I watch some of your interviews is people are super hesitant to say that Matt Mercer is the GOAT and it drives me insane. Matt Mercer is the GOAT. I will say it. I will be the first one to say it. Matt Mercer is the GOAT. He's the absolute best. He brings He brings not only like the emotion and like like sensitivity to it but also like the fun and adventure so he just brings all of that and it's he's just so so good and i think too the fact that they're all friends and they all started like with in his basement or something like that or just in his house they were just in his house to start with yeah when they were called the shits yeah i think there's something super special to to watch there because they all know each other on such a personal level level so they can they can really really play and role play off each other so there's nothing like it and i always say too that watching critical role if you've never seen it it's almost like watching a table read um where no one knows what the movie is you don't know what the movie is and the people like playing this doesn't know what the movie is either so kind of confusing but it's also super duper fun to like to watch it so what has it been like playing with our new campaign with all these couples <laughs> and for those of you who don't know the members of rpd role-playing generous were um <clears throat> a few guys that have worked with each other in the past or knew each other in some sort of way and none of our wives played before so we would talk about it to each other but not our wives but um you know our wives started getting more and more into it and now we actually have a couples campaign it's a very large campaign we have multiple couples uh, a few doctors in it and uh, it's it's really big eight, eight person session plus the DM so nine total. So what has it been like playing with these um, other wives that are just getting into it? It's super fun because the other camping I'm in, it's all men, and it's kind of more like your friend group and and like people that you work with. So it's super like intimate. I feel like for you and this group, I actually have like a close friend you know, that I have from church and like, we're just super close. So that's really, really fun and really special. And on top of that, like her husband's in it. So that's cool. And meeting other couples, it just brings such a different vibe to the game and such a different energy. It's just like, really, it just, it just makes it way more fun when you have that connection too and those friendships. Yeah, it does. It does make it really fun. Um, for those people, for, for those, for those women out there who don't play, they're kind of interested in playing. And we get quite a few p- women who are like, you know, I, I want to know what D&D is, but I don't know where to play or how to play. 
what would you tell the women out there? How do you get into D&D? How do you play? So, and you guys have talked about this a little bit. And a lot of the time you're just like, well, just do it. Just go ahead. Just like jump in and do it. And realistic, like that sounds great. But realistically, like for people like me who are extremely introverted, that is a terrifying thing to do. That is a terrifying thing to just jump into a game or people you don't know and just join and like role play. That's weird. I would never have been able to do it if you weren't the DM. So... I was thinking about this and like really realistically like how to play D&D if you're like me and you're kind of nervous and it's super intimidating. Um, number one is just, I say this might sound crazy, but like just watch Critical Role. Absolutely. You don't have to watch the whole campaign. You don't have to watch the whole episode, 20 minutes, 30 minutes. And the thing is too, you don't even have to know about the rules. You don't have to know how to build a character. Just watch Critical Role and like, see if that's like something you want to do just like see how they talk to their characters see how they talk to the dm see how they like just do things in the game and if that's fun for you then i would say the next step is if you like that is join a game where the dm is super close to you like either a brother a sister husband wife girlfriend boyfriend whatever it is because then this way that's going to make you feel most comfortable and you know, you're able to ask like the same question 500 times because that's what's going to happen when you first play D&D. Um, so that would be the second thing is definitely try to join a game. I know that might be, sound difficult, but join a game where you are in super close relationship to the DM because then that's just going to make you feel the most comfortable. Um, I'd say those two things are super realistic in jumping in. Somebody that's never done it before, or somebody that's like super hesitant or has no idea how to play D&D. Yeah, uh, it, is, it is always weird because it's a complex game. So, like, if you were to take D&D out of a package and try to play it like you would Yahtzee, there's probably a group or two out there that could do it. We couldn't, I couldn't do it, we couldn't do it. Um, but it's very hard and complex. So you need someone to kind of teach you how to how to play the game. And then every DM has a different style. Because you only play with me as the DM. Mm -hmm. So you don't know how somebody else's style is. And I hear everyone else is way more relaxed than me. I don't know if it's true or not. I've obviously played with you know multitude of people, but I'm a player. I don't really care about you know I'm just playing, so I don't really think about that. Mm -hmm. um, so let's talk about one of your friends, Hannah. <laughs> the Nat Twenty. The Nat Twenty. Uh, everyone who everyone probably thinks that's your wife, your TikTok wife. <laughs> yeah, everyone thinks my TikTok wife <laughs> is actually my wife's best friend, Hannah. Um, basically, what happened was Hannah started playing with us because my wife is in church, and she mentioned this. Game Dungeons and Dragons, and her husband, who is a brain surgeon, said, oh, I always want to play that game, but I haven't had a DM. Well, I just so happened to be DMing at the time, so we started the the, the couples game, um, which was really cool because my wife got to play with other females for once, and it was a good time. Um, unbeknownst to us, there was a star in that group. Um, her best friend, Hannah, uh, did a couple videos for us. The first one she did, uh, you know, had 170,000 views. It went viral right away. Um, so everyone calls her the natural 20, uh, based on, on the, uh, the skit we did. Um, what's it like been playing with your best friend? And, and isn't it kind of weird how both of you are very good at a game from starting, you know, starting out? Well, I think the reason why I'm good and she's good is totally different. I think that I'm good because honestly, I kind of just, I got it from critical role. You guys kind of. Yeah, osmosis. Yeah. yeah, like, yeah, just imitation, honestly. It's just like you see how they interact 
with and I think I think interacting with your with your characters with the other characters is the most important part to D&D I think that's the funnest part in D&D and that's like where you create relationships inside the game and like it makes for a super fun game in the future and then when like people's backstories come up and it gets even more interesting so I, I really love that and I think that that's maybe why I was kind of good at it at first because I watched all the critical roles so I kind of knew that part and I think Hannah was is so good at it because of her personality she's she's a not a shy gal she is super outgoing she's super like charismatic she is just like this light and so beautiful so it's like just comes naturally to her she's like a natural born leader too she keeps all of us in line when we like <laughs> want to do different things and get crazy so she's just i think she's born for this game yeah no she she i think she is too i call her i've been calling her the dm's cattle dog because when people get out of line and everyone starts having sidebars she's like hey back to the storyline what's going on next what do we do <laughs> yeah. which for me is amazing because i don't want to have to tell everyone to be quiet every five seconds because uh, we have eight people doing eight different sidebars, and um, yeah. yeah, some of it's about the game, some of it's about it's about work, and we're trying to hone it in in four and a half, five hours. So it's always awesome to have a DM's pet, and she's been like my DM's catalog, yeah. which has been pretty great. Um, so moving on, um, where do you see where, where do you see where do you see yourself in D and D? And I don't mean like next 5, 10, 15 years, this last question. Where do you see yourself evolving as a player over the course of these campaigns? I've been saying, like, from the start, I don't think I'd ever want a DM. I think that's too much for me, which I feel like is super crazy because I feel like the first question when you start to play is like, oh, when are you going to DM next? And I'm like, oh, I don't think I'd ever want a DM. I like being in somebody else's world and just like living in it. I don't necessarily like creating this world, like I said, because I'm not a super creative person. So to me to just live in somebody else's world, I, I really, really, that's like what I'd like to do. I don't, I don't, I write, that's what I'm saying right now. I don't know if it might change, but as far as right now, I don't think DMing is like in my future. Mm -hmm. um, I just want to like evolve as a player and be better at role playing and be better at voices and being better at like making those relationships, especially with people who don't like to role play as much. I try to like to pull that out of them more and figure out how to do that. So. Yeah, yeah, it's. I actually like the more I get into D and D, the less I like combat. Mm -hmm. And now combat for me is fun to act out and like going into combat, like you see drool dripping from this thing in a shadow in the, in the corner you're not sure what it is and all of a sudden this figure grows to 10 feet tall and the drool be is attached to these huge jowls and teeth and roll for initiative like that's cool and it's just seeing everyone's excited to do combat but like if you're in combat for like an hour it's like oh my gosh you're in <laughs> combat for an hour trying to kill this thing with a thousand hit points yeah. um even for the dm it gets to be a lot and it gets to be draining like after after a dnd session how do you feel oh i'm exhausted exhausted I feel like I, you feel like you literally were out there battling, like yes, because you're having fighting for real. Yes. Really do. It's very strange. Yes, it is. Um. So let's talk about the fan expo next year. We're going to the fan expo. Mm -hmm. October time frame. We're going to um, go to the travel agent and set it up. What are your expectations for the Fan Expo next year? Because you've never gone. We're taking a massive group to the Fan Expo next year. Um, hopefully, hopefully Hannah and LM can go, which they mm -hmm. said they would. Um, so we're going to take a big group. We're going to play a lot of D&D. &D. 
We might get a booth there we've been talking about. What are your expectations for next year's Fan Expo? I don't have any expectations. I'm just excited to all go together and like experience this world together. I think that's going to be super fun. <coughs> I'm looking forward to seeing like what celebrities are there. I think that's really cool and really yeah. fun to see. And um, you mentioned like getting a booth. I think that'd be super dope if you guys got a booth or got mm -hmm. something like that. I would love to experience that behind the scenes type situation. Um, all like the cosplay and stuff. I'm just excited for everything. I don't know what to expect. I have no idea. So I really don't have any expectations. I'm just excited. Yep, excited for next year. That's gonna be if, you, if anybody else is going to Fan Expo in Chicago next year, because uh, all the art we have back here, we got the Fan Expo. It's actually relatively cheap, and it's a lot of it's one of a kind. There are very few prints out there. I have a sweet box mocking one. It doesn't have that many prints out there. Uh, I just don't have it up yet. But I'll show you guys next time. Um, so, if one of your character dies in the campaign, what's your reaction gonna be? Um, okay, so like I said before, I'm not creative at all. And it takes me a super duper long time to create this character. But I think a, a pro to that is because I spend so much time and energy and hours of trying to figure her out and figure out how I want to play her. I would be devastated if one of them died. Devastated. I would, I would probably cry. It would probably be super duper emotional. Um... And what I like to do, since I'm not, since it's really hard for me to create, like when we first played and Cisco just showed up and he's like, oh yeah, I have no idea what I'm going to play yet. I'm just like, what? <laughs> it took me weeks just to like figure out a name. Um, I could never do that. I'd have to seriously prepare and figure out how I want to play her. And what I do is I take bits of people that I see from different movies or shows like Minka. Inspiration. Yeah. Diff yeah. For inspiration. So Minka, I really wanted to do like a Luna from Harry Potter, but I didn't want her to be too innocent like that. So I wanted to do a little bit of like Professor Snape in there as well. So yeah. like a mix of the two. And that's just like Minka. And then for Daylily, I really, the only thing that comes to mind for Daylily is um, the redheaded wedding crashers. <laughs> you know, oh, I find yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, that's what helps me like figure out my characters and kind of just at least like a little bit of a vibe. Um, but I'd be absolutely crushed if one of them died. I really, really would. That's why when we go to battle and Cisco's like, let's kill this dragon. I'm like, whoa, <laughs> let's think about this for a minute. Who's going to be the first one to cry in the campaign, do you think? I almost cried last time when you were talking about the dream. The dream. Yeah. Already super emotional moment. That was what the second... Um, what do you call these sessions? The, that, was the first, sessions. that was the first session, I would say. Because, so, okay, because the technically the way Matt Mercer does it is he'll play a small session with different groups that are coming together. Mm -hmm. So they already know what's up. And we kind of did that. Yeah. So we did one session with half the group and the next session with the full group. So um, what I would say is that we already did that. So that was our first full session. Okay. And for those of you who are listening... Um, we had a new player. We had four new players, really. Two of them that were brand new to the to D and D that session, uh, and then two of them that were new the session before. This is the first time we were all together. So we have about five players that only have a couple couple games under their belt, and one of the ones that was brand new playing. Her name is Leah, uh, Chris's wife. I decided to really push the boundaries with her as a new player and give her a dream that was kind of gut wrenching based on her backstory. And it wasn't like, oh, we'll play a couple sessions, then we get into it. It's like, she didn't talk that much pre-dream mm -hmm. scene. I hit her with the dream scene, 
Um, and then after that, it's like it unlocked her game. She after post dream, Leah had an amazing game. Mm -hmm. uh, she's super charismatic. She's she's looking uh, for someone in the tavern that's sneaking around. She's lying to the bartender and creating really good diversions um, that even rolling not that well would work. So mm -hmm. I let it go. Um, not a hundred percent, but I let it go within this, the the realm of what makes sense. Um, and then she finds something that nobody else found. And it was kind of obvious. So it was one of those situations where. I felt like I, I felt like I knew I was pushing a boundary with a brand new player that was already had a level of nervosity playing for the first time, but I think it worked out well, and she actually came through it really well. Oh, she well. killed it! She yeah. killed it at the end. I was super shocked by that, and I can tell the character that she already, um, the character that she's playing is, I would think, already like kind of hard to play because it's not a super charismatic like out there like Daylily. You know, she's very like reserved and. That like takes a long time to get to know her character. I feel like you know people people that are super reserved. But she killed it at the end. She was like MVP at that session. I think. Yeah, she she did very well. It was <laughs> yeah. very good. Um. So you you you're currently playing a rogue and a sorcerer, mm -hmm. which are wildly different classes. And you're playing a um, uh, a fairy, mm -hmm. and you're playing a drow. drow. So looking at it now, that you've created two. Two characters, two races, and two different campaigns are totally separate. What do you think? What do you think the character choosing process is like now that you've done it twice and that you've played a little bit? Would your third character be something totally different? Yeah, I think I'd, now at this point, I think I wouldn't want to do anything two times. I think now I'm gonna have to think of something completely different each time <laughs> because it's it's just fun to play something different. You don't want to keep being, you know, a sneaky rogue every time you want to do something different so mm -hmm. i really do think from here on out i would have to do something different every time <laughs> but that's fun that's the whole point right yeah i mean that's that's how i feel about it although yeah. as a dm i don't get to play that often so when i do get to play i bring out npcs oh and for those of you who don't know i just got word uh, october 30th bonus mom who is a 75 year old um uh, retired person i don't really know her profession her husband was a preacher um, but she plays with her son, and she's gained internet fame uh, via TikTok and other social medias. I've been invited to a one-shot where she's going to DM October 30th. So check that out, because I'm super excited. And I will be playing an NPC from our campaign, so also check that out. Um, I love Bonus Mom. Shout bonus, out bonus Mom is she's great. She's amazing. Yeah. I love shout her. Shout out to her. She's the best. Um, so let's talk about... Um, let's talk about women versus men and how they play different in the game. Um, you've had you have experience with playing with just men, mm -hmm. and you have an experience playing with in a collection of women and men. Um, so, what are your thoughts on women playing versus men playing? Um, what do you how do you feel about all men cast, all women cast, mm -hmm. and which there there is a TikTok group that's all women cast, and I, they look pretty cool. Yeah. Um, and then the mixed group. What are the differences, and what are the same things that they would do together? So. Totally different. It's a totally different, totally different energy. Um, totally different vibe. Totally different vibe. Um, the all men group is very, let's focus on battling. Let's focus on point A to point B. Let's not do anything extra. Let's not have any, any conversations. Let's, you know, it's like you mentioned one thing. Let's figure out what that is. Let's go with that. Um, super just wanting to kill things. Not a lot of dialogue. Not a lot of role playing. Um, 
which is still lost our light. Is still <laughs> which is still really good. Um, it's just different. And then with um the group where there's some females in there, it's just the energy is like tenfold. It's just so much energy. There's so much conversation. Um, it is a lot, but it's it's really fun. I think they're both fun. And they're both can be like pros and cons to each group, but I and I don't know what an all female group would be. I would assume complete madness, but um, I personally think that a group that has a mixture of both men and women, from just my experience, really is fun because you kind of get the men that want to do the battles and want to fight and be angry and drink. Then you get the females who like want to go shopping and want to like talk about feelings and our past and make friends. So um, I personally think that um, those kind of groups where it's a mixture of both is um, is the best. Lost our light. Okay. Uh, yeah, it, it is kind of cool to see how different the games change from because I DM'd about 100 hours of straight all males. And I had the same experience. Clearly objective. Um, literally, it was hard for me the first couple of sessions because I was writing in things that I thought watching Critical Role were going to take hours. They took minutes. Yeah. Like, okay, I'm going to have them go to the market. Mm -hmm. They're going to shop for an hour, and then they're going to go to the next destination. And I'll be like, okay, and you see this market. I don't care about the market. <laughs> Where is the next point we have to get to? Yeah. So it was very difficult. Um uh, it was very difficult at first, and then it was nice though because I went to the female one. I introduced a market where I introduced like somebody who has seashells. Mm. And that's a twenty minute conversation, and we're getting into um, we're getting into uh, uh, what is it called? Improv. I'm improving the way things work, and, and it gets my brain flowing more. Also, it's challenged me because I had to improv the last time. I had to improv women's clothing, and I mm. ate giant plates of shit trying to do it. I was just like. They're the thing that goes on your arm, but they're tight. And I was like, sleeves. And everyone's like, did you just try to describe sleeves and you couldn't figure it out? Because I thought the frills were sleeves. I thought the tight ones had a certain name. Obviously, I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. Uh, so that was fun. Um, but let's talk about improv for a little bit. Yeah. Uh, this last session, I didn't have time. I didn't have time, like, at all to do any sort of prep. Um, so I, I literally improv the whole thing. Um, how would you feel it went? How did you feel? How do you feel about improv? Um, and how has improv been? Because everything you guys do is improv. Yeah. Everything I do is usually planned out except for last time. So engaged off this last session, we had a double improv situation. How do you feel it went? I think it went great. I don't think... The only thing I'm salty about is I feel like we were just getting started on our adventure. People had to leave early, which, you know, is fine, but we, like... Feel like we barely did a battle we barely really got into like anything really really good so it just left like a it was like a little tease like i really wanted more and i think we all kind of did want more um but as far as improv i think when you're playing that's why it's so important to have a backstory so you are able to understand what your character would do in this situation like would your character go shopping or would she go to a bar you know like you want to think that's why i think having a backstory and everything is super important it helps your improv like tremendously because you need you know your character more so i think it went well i think this group that we have this new group improved really well actually and yeah. really role plays pretty well so yeah. far yeah no i i agree with that yeah uh, wholeheartedly 
Um, so let's talk about let's talk about where we think this this group's going to go. Um, for those of you who have never played D and D before, um, it's interesting. It's interesting how things go, right? So sometimes you're murder hobos, and sometimes you you're just trying to open a door and you can't do it. Uh, where do you see this group we have now? Are they going to be more murder hobos, just wrecking everybody? Mm-hmm. Are they going to get really attached to some NPCs and don't want them to die? Mm-hmm. Uh, are they going to get, you know, into a religious cult? Are they going to try to join a bounty hunter's guild? Where do you think this group's going to go? This, um, we'll call it the Perfectly Perfect Perfect. <laughs> Jeez, we need to work on the name. The name right now is the Perfectly Perfect Perfect. We're getting so where do you there. think it's going to go? Um, I think we're... I think we're going to get into some trouble because I really do think all of us and like deep down really are kind of sneaky. I think especially day Lily, like she likes shiny stuff. If she sees it, she's going to steal it for sure. A hundred percent. And it's kind of a good mix though of, of wanting to like kill, but then wanting to like be heroes. You know what I mean? So it kind of, I think it could be the latter. I think it could be everything. Um, and there's a lot of people in this group, so it really could go anywhere. I don't know. That's a good question. If there is an anti-hero in the group, who is it? Um. Hmm. Ooh. Could be, it could be a lot of people. I think... It could be people. I think it could be Cisco's character. Mm-hmm. I think it could be Chris is sneaky too. His character, Dick. Dick <laughs> I think he's a sneaky dick. Dick. Yeah. I think he's a sneaky dick. So I have my eyes on Dick. <laughs> I have my eyes on people. The two main. I do. Dick people. Dick people. People dick. But um, those two are my top. But Dick people is Norma's top. Anti-hero. <laughs> But who knows? It could be any one of us at this point. Who knows? Could be. Uh, let's talk about the online community. Um, and you kind of had somewhat of a backseat as I mm-hmm. speak to people like uh, Haley from uh, D&D Family. We have Lola and um, Sawyer. Uh, mm. uh, Lola and Sawyer who have the Critnet podcast. Um, bonus Mom. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's, there's so many people I've talked to. Um but, you know, as you see me interact with some of these these people on social media or going down to the Fan Expo with uh, D&D Nerd Girl, Cherish, and Jordan, how do you, like, see the community so far that you've been in, in, in contact or third-person contact with? And where, do you see yourself getting more involved with, with those individuals, maybe playing some one-shots with some other groups? Yeah, so... For me, I'm not as involved in the online community as you are. Um, I think... Although you did join Discord. I did join Discord, so I kind of have that perspective. And everyone's just so nice and welcoming, so that's always really, really great. Everyone's super kind. Um, and watching your interviews, everyone just seems amazing. Like, after an interview, you know, I'll come to you and be like, oh, they were really, really good. I love them. They were awesome. Um... As far as playing, like, online games, I don't think that is my thing. I prefer, like, intimate, in-person... I-R-L, in real life. In real life type things. 
But I don't know. I've never, I've never tried it. I just feel like it wouldn't be, it wouldn't hit for me. But um, that's just me. That's just me. So I don't know. I think that this community is a really big community. So you guys have a ton of people on your Discord. You have like 150. Yeah, that's a ton of people. It's just crazy. It's kind of crazy. I didn't realize this whole Discord world, internet, D&D existed. And it's really, it's really cool too, especially though when the pandemic did hit and when, you know, people were stuck just doing games online. I think it was great for people to still do it that way. But as far as me joining any online games, I don't know if that's, I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. Um, it, yeah, it is interesting to play with people online and to talk to people because it kind of sucks because I'll talk to them like yeah. Lola and Sawyer. And I'm like, man, I didn't really want to play with those people. Yeah. Bad. Yeah. Or Mr. Dandy. I can't believe I forgot him. I've had a few, <laughs> a few conversations with him. I played a few one shots with him. Um, I would love to play a campaign with Dandy. That'd be great. Yeah. Uh, he's he's uh, one of my favorite people we've met so far. So it sucks because I'll meet all these people, Bonus Mom. I'm so lucky I get to, so fortunate that I get to play one shot as a character with Bonus Mom as a DM, which is like one of the highlights of my D&D career. So cool. But it's weird because I, you talk to these people and you get to know them and you really love their stories. You really love the same things in D&D that, that they like, you like, and you guys kind of jive and, and banter with one another. And then after the podcast, they're playing their game, I'm playing my game. So it's like, Oh, we're doing the same thing, but we can't play together. So sometimes it's kind of rough when you talk to these people you want to play. Like we, we've been talking about playing with Cherish forever. You just can't do it because she's got two campaigns. We have two campaigns. Mm-hmm. And for anybody who's played, two campaigns is a lot, especially because I'm the DM. So I don't have a lot of time to play games. It's, it's kind of it's kind of rough. It's it's like one of the only problems in D and D is there's not quite enough time to play D and D. Oh yeah. Because everyone has to sit down for. So many hours. Everyone has to get on the same schedule. Yep. That alone is just super hard to do. It is. It is very hard to do. Uh, what do you? What did you think of the? We'll talk about two things. We're not going to talk about Stranger Things. So we'll be here all night. Mm-hmm. We'll talk about Vox Machina. What did you think of Vox Machina? Oh, I'm obsessed with Vox Machina. It. My some of my favorite videos that you guys did on TikTok. Yeah. Is when Chris, I think I, Chris, Chris yeah. must have done it. Is when he did. The flashback from like Ma- uh, Vox Machina to like the actual Matt Mercer, like game. Those were the coolest videos. Oh my gosh, they were the coolest videos. I was obsessed with those. Like literally, I saw those. I was like, whoa, that's dope. So um, that was really cool. Vox, no, Vox Machina is just one of the best shows, and it's makes me sad though that we didn't watch Campaign One. Um, but it's good. It's good. You don't even, you know, it does make me want to go back and watch campaign one though. But um, it's so good. I can't wait for them to come out with more stuff. Yeah, someday we'll go back and watch campaign yeah, one. We'll um, sure. We have more time. Um, but let's talk about the the new D and D movie trailer. Okay. Have you seen it? I have. Seen it. What do you think? What do you think so far? I think it could be good. Yeah. I think it has potential. I think it has pretty good people in it too, mm-hmm. and. Like, the good thing, like, I know you don't talk about Stranger Things, but, like, I think Stranger Things is such a huge gateway for D&D. Holy cow, like, that is really changing it up for D&D, and I think that this movie is just going to be add-on to that. People, I think, now are really starting to know what D&D is, or at least hear the word, Mm -hmm. you know, rather than having no idea what this is. So I think that coming out, I think it's going to be good. I'm excited for it. I think it could be cool. Uh, Did you see the owlbear that was in it? 
No. You didn't see the owlbear in the trailer? I don't know. Maybe. There's a big bear that looks like an owl. You just bought an owlbear in your last Yeah. Year. Yeah. I don't remember. Okay, I'll have to rewatch it. <laughs> That's why I put the owlbear in your encounter last time. Ow. Oh, so it just kind of be like, oh, I saw that. <laughs> um, so, do you see anybody else? Well, I have to ask you this question. Where, when you think about someone going from player to DM, like, what comes to your mind? A lot of work. A lot of work. A ton of work. Like, I see how much work you do, and it is insane. It is insane. I think the last game is the only time I haven't seen you do, like, hours of prep. Because mm-hmm. that's usually the norm, is hours of prep, hours of, like, typing stuff up, mm-hmm. hours of looking through your bur- like your books and looking at rules and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So, a lot, a lot, a lot of work. I don't know how you remember everything. Well, I think I don't. I, I make, I mean, as DM, you make mistakes often. Um, have you seen any disputes in the game, so in the games, in our game so far that have like, like, okay, let's stop and talk about this. Obviously, doesn't make any sense. How in many, battle sometimes. In battle sometimes, but how many times? In battle. How many times? <laughs> how many times does? It's our son. He's playing. Um. Future D and D. Yeah. Um. But even, you know, we've, we've done this for... Hold, hold on, everybody. Kids are freaking out. We'll take a quick pause. Quick pause. <laughs> no one's crying, so that's always a plus. Maybe I'll roll a 20 and see what I get. No, 13. 11. <laughs> okay, sorry everybody. Our kids were, were going crazy. They weren't crying. So. Yeah, they're not crying. They're okay. Um, so yeah, there's, there's a lot of work. There's a lot of things. Uh, but honestly, like if you look at the disputes we have, it's only over very technical stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, can I do this? Can I do that? Well, that doesn't even make sense. Or, you know, I don't think that makes sense. For the most part, <clears throat> for those of you who are afraid to DM, don't get stuck in the weeds. Uh, there's a lot of rules. A lot of rules. I don't know. A lot of times you look it up on your phone and you make a decision. Um, and I've had players who are like, you know what, this doesn't make sense to me, let's just do it this way. And we kind of have to spend five minutes to look at it. So don't get caught up, you players who want to be DMs, don't get caught up in all the mud. Like, honestly, we have new players play, and like, how do I play? The only thing I always tell them is just do something. I'll tell you, if you what, what to do, how to do it, or if you can't do it. Yeah. Um, and that's all it really is. I'm not the end-all, be-all for anything. Um, so... Cisco wants to know what's your favorite character in the group so far. <laughs> um, I guess you can choose yourself. Um. Well, I think everybody has. I think everybody has a good character. I don't know if I have a favorite. That's really hard. I think that Cisco's was very funny and played his super well. Um, last group. Like I said, Leah killed it at the end. She was fabulous. Nina kind of broke out of her shell, too, at that point. It was really, really good. Hannah's, like, my sidekick, so it's, like, we're the two fairies. So that's fun. And then you have, like, Justin and Neil. They're just all... Everyone's so good. I don't have a favorite. Um, I have a feeling Neil's going to be a dark horse. And he's going like, yeah. to come through at some times where the group's like, ooh, that was re- that's really good. Neil's great. Neil's a <laughs> fabulous player, for sure. Yeah. Um... 
So, do you think this current this current campaign is going to end in a TPK, or will they finish the session? I don't think so. No. No, but the other the other one. What do you thought? The other I one? think the other ones. We're all going to die. Yeah. <laughs> Brilliant fate. I think we're all going to die because yeah. we have no healers, and it's all men, and they just Minka might just be in the background, just. Well, once they once they die, you're. <laughs> I'm you're dead. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> um. But this group, I don't think so. I think it's a good mix of people who will stop and think and people who just kind of charge and then we'll have to save them at the end. But no, no deaths in this group. Okay. I have no backup character, so. You guys all heard me here. There's going to be no deaths in this group. <laughs> um, would you prefer a DM who did stuff that's like, okay, you died, but let's, I'll let you roll to see if you're alive. Or would you prefer a DM who's like, no, you're dead. Mm. Um, would, do you want a strict... Rules, rules lawyer DM, do you want somebody who's like, oh, it's just about roleplay and having fun, or somewhere in the middle? Oh, somewhere in the middle, for sure. And I think, I think, like I said, the GOAT does it the best. I think Matt Mercer does it the best. Um, and usually when people die, they die, right? Well, except in except some for, cases. In, in campaign one, there's a lot of... There, I think that was just like a learning experience, because there was a situation where Keyleth... Uh, jumped off of a cliff at over 240 feet to the, her death. And she's like, I'm going to jump off the cliff. And I'm like, okay, what do you turn into? She's going to polymorph. Uh-huh. She could have polymorphed into or a wild shape into anything that flew. She chose, chose the goldfish. So she Why hit, did she do that? Because she's being silly. Okay. And she hit the ground, and technically she's dead. So, like, they're talking about it like, is Keyleth dead dead? And that's like, she's dead dead. That's it. Like, well over her double hit point, she's dead. Matt Mercer ended up saying, okay, you're alive, you know, whatever. Oh! And that was like one thing he was criticized for. And then uh, obviously you have a few resurrections in the game. Uh-huh. Um, but if you go look at campaign two, I'm more ruthless. Yeah. A lot more like yeah. you're dead, yeah. you're done, yeah. you're done. Yeah. And I think people kind of like that. So I think I, he's I think he's had a learning experience. He he's DM'd as well. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think I like how you kind of like. Well, if it makes sense then we'll do that. But if it doesn't make sense, it's stupid. You know, like, it's going to be a no. And I do like how Matt Mercer, like, in the second campaign, I think I prefer that because, like, for me, it makes me afraid to die. I don't want to die. Like, mm-hmm. so you think more about what you're going to do in battle and stuff and in the game. So I like that. But I also do like the fact how anything's possible in D&D. So it's like, maybe there is a point where you can resurrect somebody. You know what I mean? Or, like, no. So a little bit of the middle. A little bit of a mix. Yeah, which is why I allow a way of resurrection the first you know, five or six levels in case someone dies, like, tomorrow or yeah. next session, randomly, it's like, well, if you really attach that character, you can get him back, but it's going to cost you a huge... I mean, the other group can tell you, really, in fate, it took them, like, seven... Five, from five to seven sessions, and they're not even close to where they were originally. Mm-hmm. Their original storyline is, like, if we ever get back to it, it'll be, like, lucky. Mm-hmm. That's how far it took them out of, off their trajectory. So, um... Yeah, I think that's somewhere in the middle. Like, yeah, you, can, yeah. you get one, you get one, mm-hmm. but you got, you got to figure it out. And if you guys say, we don't want to spend seven sessions, well, then you don't get it. You know, right. that's kind of how it is. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so two things I want to talk about. Um, before we get to the last question, I want to tell everyone, next week, we have a lot of podcasts um, coming up. Uh, we have one this Thursday. Um, that's going to be someone met at the Fan Expo. Um, we have one next Monday and Thursday, which I don't know who they are because I haven't looked at the schedule yet. But next Wednesday, it looks like, or time Friday. frame. Oh, Friday. Next Friday, um, it'll be here again. It'll be with me and Norma. But this time, the natural 20 herself is going to join us. 
Um, Hannah, uh, the human natural 20, is going to be sitting in between us. We're going to move this out of the way. Uh, and we're going to talk about D&D from someone who it's completely new to. Because it's completely new to Norma, but she had um, a transition that was like a whole... Like, she watched all of Campaign 2, which is 114 uh, episodes, 3 to 5 hours, depending. And she saw entire story arcs, you know, mm-hmm. Ivantica, the Nonagon, everything. Not yeah, the Not transformation. Yeah, for those of you who... Oh. Well, well, sorry. <laughs> sorry, guys. Um, but so Norma actually got to see uh, all of that. So she knew what everything was. Like, if you watch Critical Role and then you go to play, oh. you don't need to know what advantage was. Which, even though she watched the entire Critical Role, she rolled advantage for the first time. And she's like, that, is that all advantage is? Yeah. Like, yep, that's it. Yeah. So even though you don't know the game mechanics, you understand how it's supposed to be played on a social level. But Hannah, on the other hand, just walked in. And the weird thing about Hannah walking in is she walked in, sat at the table, and played like she's been playing for years. Mm-hmm. Which was kind of shocking. Because I remember me and Cisco were kind of looking at each other like, okay, you know, you guys are going to understand your character for the first six sessions, which is what I always say, because it's true. I didn't understand my character at all. And then all of a sudden, Hannah and Norma start role-playing heavily, and it kind of caught me off guard. Me and Cisco looking at each other like, holy crap, like... It's like it's like when um, take that movie that Tom Hanks where the he's like the producer for those those uh, kids trying to be the one hit wonders. They're actually called the wonders in the show, and like they play the song, they like, the best song ever. And Tom Hanks like, I think we got something here. <laughs> it was like that. It was like that. Like oh, I think we got something here. We're gonna this is gonna be a good group. Um, we're trying to stream it, right? Are you gonna try to stream it? We're gonna we're gonna stream it eventually. Yeah. We're, no, we're gonna we're gonna stream it eventually. Yeah. Don't worry. It's looking like. We were going to have all the equipment, but our AC went out, so we had to spend, you know, five grand on that. Um, but next time, maybe. Mm-hmm. Or everyone will get involved when we're, like, at fifth level, just like Fox Mock kind of started. But we are going to start streaming it. Um, so the last question I'd like to ask all the guests is, where do you see yourself with D&D in 5, 10, and 15 years? So, in five years, honestly... I hope that this group's still going. I hope that this group we have right now is still going because I think that would be super dope. I hope we see everyone's backstory unfold. I hope Daily gets her ending. I hope everyone gets their ending that they want. I hope that we're still going. And I hope, too, that, like, we can stream it and people get to, like, know our characters and, like, like that, you know, and, like, mm-hmm. like what we're doing. So I honestly think this is such a good group, like, I really, really do. I really believe in us. And I don't know if I'm just being biased or what, but I think it's a fabulous group. Um, in Are we going to be doing another campaign in five years? Or are we doing the same one in five years? What do you think? Um, are we fi- finishing the Perfectly Perfect Perfects and you guys will be level one? Oh, yeah, baby. Or are we going to be in Perfectly Perfect Perfects for the next five years? I think we're going to... I want the whatever, perfectly perfect perfects to be five years strong. Maybe coming to an end at that point. Maybe, like I said, maybe that's, like, the ending, and then we're on to, like, a different a different adventure. Um, that's what I hope in five years. In, like, 10 to 15 years, I hope that um, the boys could be playing. I hope we could be playing with the boys yeah. by that point. Well, uh, we, have, we have our son plays Hero Quest with another, another boy, um, who my wife doesn't know, but he's in our other campaign. But during the summer, he he um, takes his he has a really nice boat. And he takes it out to the water every weekend, so he can't play. Uh, it's like his family owns a lake on a town, and they go out. And it's like religion for them. So even though he's huge into D and D, he cannot play. 
So what we do is every other Tuesday, usually, my son goes over there, they're the same age, or both seven, they play a game called Hero Quest, which is like a little kid's version of D&D. It's amazing. They both play, they both use spells, they both use actions, but it's on a board, they both do combat. Um, so both those boys are hooked. I'm pretty sure Chris's, uh, mm-hmm. both of his boys are going to play. Um, so in five, ten years, we could be looking at a family group. I, I think in 10, fun. 15 years, that would be my goal because especially like we keep talking about bonus mom who I'm obsessed with. That is what I so respect because as like a mom and stuff, that's what it comes down to, right? Is like connecting with your kids as they get older in different ways and seeing like her being able to connect like with her son and even like her son's wife as the grown adults, which is super difficult to do, especially with like a mom and son. Yeah. Um, I, that is like the ultimate goal that really, really like touched me and was super, super cool to see that. Yeah. Um, totally respect that. So like, that's what I would hope. I hope that we're able to like connect with them on, on this like fun, different level. So in 15 years, I think that would be super cool to start something with them. Oh yeah. Wow. If, if we went on vacations as like groups together and we got to play D and D with our whole families on the vacations, that would be like so much fun it's ridiculous like me and my family we played settlers of Catan, and it was my grandmother's funeral and we played about like 13 hours of settlers of Catan. introduced my niece who's actually older than me it's a weird story (laughs) and her family to it and they played with us till like three in the morning on the last day because they're like oh this is weird last day they played so now they texted me like we're gonna play we're gonna buy settlers of Catan. we can't wait to play again and i'm like man settlers of Catan's cool but dnd is like the game it is the game dnd pathfinder uh Warhammer, all you know, I mean, the Warhammer's a little different, but all those TTRPGs uh, are kind of all the same. But whatever one you like, it's it's the thing to play. It's the best. Um, so 10, 5, 10, 15 years, our goal is to be playing with our friends, Chris, Cisco, their kids, our families. Mm-hmm. I would love to have a family campaign. Um, you know, when I'm 50, 60 years old, ready to retire, and I'm just running That's games for my family awesome. and my grandkids, which would be... That'd be, yeah. that'd be surreal to be honest yeah um all right everyone we're gonna end it there uh it's a good good podcast uh this is my wife she'll be popping in and out mm-hmm. regularly in the videos and uh with hannah uh in the podcast you know when we don't have a lot going on we'll just throw up a podcast talk to people um otherwise next year at fan expo you'll see us and then we're going to do um we'll stream our our sessions here soon uh, otherwise it's been a good time Norma, how was your first podcast experience? It was fun. It was fun. Thanks for having me. Mm -hmm. Super fun. Okay, everyone. So we'll see you guys next time. Uh, If you have any questions or anything, please reach us on TikTok, obviously. Uh, Otherwise, I'm Steve with Roll Playing Degenerates. Keep rolling dice. Keep rolling dice. And obviously, join our Discord.